Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Get a red light on. Must mean it's the afternoon here at 3 Triple RFM. A very, very good afternoon to you all. Isn't it lovely that you've joined us? Mm. And uh, across from me, someone who's joined me, and we've been uh, drinking deep from coffee and, <laughs> we have. Uh, and sweet comestibles. We caffeinated. We and certainly sugared up. Certainly sugared. <laughs> we popped, I popped over the road and grabbed a little muffin and slice from uh, Milkwood. Yes. And we it. ate it all up. Yes, we gobbled it up, and also I've been to the Queen Victoria Market, so there was cross-to-leaf for everybody. Yes. Yes, even the Kentosaurus got some. Yes, panel bit of Kent. Panel bit of Kent. And, uh, and a big thanks to the great minds. Mm. It's, um, it's pretty hard following all these these great minds sometimes. It is. Know? So we just followed the signs. Are we worthy? I I, uh, I jumped on the tram this morning to get here, uh, which meant I could stick the headphones in and I listened to radiotherapy and a very good little 20-minute uh, segment on coronavirus, well, maybe 10-minute segment on coronavirus and the government's responses yes. to it. Um, worth I, a listen was, back if you want to jump onto Radio On Demand. And I was listening to Radio Marinara before and I mm-hmm. was uh, hearing that uh, if you give the noise of a healthy reef, um, if you pipe that out, the fishes are attracted to it. Really? So they, yeah, they, yeah, they dig good noise. So look at us. Kind of sad that we need to record the noise of a healthy reef <laughs> rather than just having one generate naturally, but I'm sure they covered that topic. Specifically, than I, could. I will just very quickly, this was because it was at Lizard Island that it had some terrible coral ble- bleaching that oh. had taken place. So this was ways to. Uh, ways to try and recuperate yeah, the island. But uh, the cliche is sort of uh, bolting the. Bandura's the horses. As the horses, yes, is well over the horizon. Hey, I got rid of I got Where'd that horse go? I got a cliche in. Oh, you did too. I did, and you joined in. Uh. <laughs> um, see, I'm not allowed usually to do that. Well, um, we've got um, what I hope is an interesting show for you. Nikki Rima from Bolotta in beautiful downtown Bank Street, South Melbourne. Yes. Is waiting in the green room. Yes. And we're going to talk cooking. Yeah. Yep. Just get right into it. Yep. Uh, after that, we've got John at the market uh, with a market report just catching up because uh, this is the first one for 2020. Mm-hmm. And we have a chat to him. And then I thought we should go down to East Gippsland. Yeah. And we are going to go far into East Gippsland, ladies yes. and gentlemen. We're going to Orbost. Yes. Go much further. You're up in New South Wales. Mm. So where Chris Moore is... There, standing by, Chris Moore from Sailor's Grave. Sailor's Grave Brewing, yes. He makes beer. He makes beer. He makes good beer. Puts it in cans too, which is quite the fashion at the moment. And there was one can that he had that had an app. Had a little augmented reality thing. Skull Rock. Yes, your your beer can leapt into life. Did I give you a full can or an empty can? No, you gave me a full can. I think You weren't that stingy. Collector's item now. Uh, but it did. It was this augmented reality thing and you held up your device yeah and it came alive it did but uh, the great thing about his beers they do come alive in your mouth and we are going to catch up with him <laughs> and uh, find really out really should work in marketing huh the beers come alive in your mouth <laughs> yeah hey <laughs> there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited <laughs> oh that one's been used 
We're going to talk seriously mm. to him about what's been going on. But um, bit of tumult in that part of the world, obviously, in recent weeks. Tumult. Tumult. I saw um, Malakuta back open for business this week. Tumultus. If you're feeling like a trip out uh, east, why not drive to both or Boston Malakuta? Yeah, time? and spend uh, some money. The great news is that uh, you can bring your empty esky. That's yes, turning into a bit of a cliche. Spoke about this last week, didn't we? But yeah, it's great. You take an empty esky out to a regional area and you just fill it with their stuff. And come back and yeah. feast. Yes. Uh, but yes, the uh, there's a couple of events that are coming up. Um, I'll just get to flag them for you. Orbost show will be coming up in uh, March. Yes. And then in April, uh, the Malakuta Seafood Festival, although there's a better name for it. So that is coming up. 12067 mm. here on 3 Triple RFM. Teriyaki sauce. Teriyaki sauce. You've thrown down your pen. Yeah, it's just like throwing down the gauntlet, isn't it? You know, my I think my first uh, knowledge of teriyaki would have been in sort of the eighties Chinese era, like the the Women's Weekly era, where you'd go and you'd get like your aisle number eight in the supermarket, and you'd probably get like a Canton jar or something like that. And that was yes. teriyaki sauce for us in the suburbs. And you'd hunt around for bean shoots. Yes. <laughs> I've heard it was like trying to find the white whale. And how do you keep the bean shoots in the fridge without them turning to mush? That's it. Eat immediately. So but I'm well versed in teriyaki sauce, but I'm I'm assuming you're you're taking it a step further by not going to aisle eight in the supermarket and getting your jar of premix sauce. Yeah, because let's say you're you're uh, you're you've, you live in Japan, right? Oh, I'd like that. Yes, me too. Yeah. And um, if you are the person who cooks at home. Mm. Do you think that you go to the can of teriyaki? <laughs> no, you do not. All right, I'll, uh, I'll put it back. I'll put it back. What on I've shelf. learned. Okay, here's two things for you to take because we need to get Nikki in soon. So yep. I'm not going to labour on this too mm. long. One is the um, because you know I'm sort of into words, mm. much better at words than I am at figures. That's mm. proven. Teriyaki. Mm. Tell me what you think the root Ooh. two words are. Terry and yake. I say Terry and yake. I have no idea what that yaki means. Yake sort of, a lot of people might have a handle on. Let's, mm. let's go with the with suffix. Yakitori, for example. Yeah, which means what are you doing? You're putting, You're putting it, it on, on the grill. On yeah. the, uh, grill. 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 It's like grill. Sounds like. It's like playing charades. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, Terry yes. means luster, shiny. Ah, shiny grill. So shiny sauce for grill. Yeah. Yes, okay, sorry, we shouldn't I didn't go into that because no. that's terrible. And we, yes. There was an interesting story about Harvey Norman, which you might quickly want to say. I will loop back. Um, but there is a golden ratio. Is there? Yep. Right. Ready? You got your pens ready, people? Here we go. Because you, you actually strode into the studio this morning and said, teriyaki, I've solved it. I've solved teriyaki. You ready? Mm. Two. I want to see you write All this right, down, Matt. Come on, man. Two. 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 Two, 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 yes. Yeah, two. Two. How many is that? That's two. That's two twos. Two. Three twos. Two. One. Okay, so I'm going to do it properly, okay? So it goes, you ready? Look at me. Look at me. Two, 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 one. Right. That's the ratio. So, see, this is good. By doing this this way, we get people that can actually write that down. So are you ready? It is. So the ratio, it could be anything. It could be a thimble or it could be a bucket. Yep. Ready? Yep. Two soy sauce. Soy, yep. Two sake. Sake, yep. Two mirin. Mirin. One sugar. Sugar. Put it into a, uh, a boiling receptacle of, you mm. know, on the stove. Yes. Reduce. Yes. Until it gets shiny and lustry. 
teriyaki. We've and, solved it. And what did you have uh, your teriyaki on this week? Oh, I was going on. I was brought up something last week, and you said you brought that up last week, Cam. Oh, the salmon don. Salmon don. Yeah, we've already spoken about that. Cam. Uh, yay! That's what I said. Mm. So anyway, if you want to have that, a, a, give that a go. Um, you can now get. Uh, you don't have to get a bottle of good sake. You can just go into the increasingly large. Asian food aisle, the increasingly large Mexican food aisle, mm. the increasingly large Indian food aisle yes. in your supermarket. Can you get sake from there? No, you get cooking sake uh, and you get a, a little thing of that. So all that and you need to – and mirin you can get really, yeah, really easily. Easy. Yeah. Um, but I would also – this is a dirt, Freddie, but I'll say it anyway. Make sure it's a nice Japanese soy sauce, mm-hmm. not Chinese because that's a lot blacker and thicker. Oh. There you go. That's the only thing. 1210 here on 3RRR. We were just going to very briefly uh, big ups our friend uh, up there in Beechworth, Michael Ryan. Hi, Michael. Chef uh, at Providence. He's uh, not listening. Cooker yes. of amazing food. No, you just alluded to it earlier. He just called out um, a big shopping chain on Twitter for just some horribly racist anti-Chinese stuff, which we won't repeat. But good on you, Michael, for calling them out and getting that changed. Well, it was about mattresses that were proudly made in Australia and you couldn't catch... The coronavirus from, them from or something. God's sake. Ridiculous. And it's good to call these things out. It's 12.11 here on 3 Triple RFM. We're going to play a sting. Well, actually, Matt's in charge of all this. Yeah, part. we're going to play. Uh, so pay some rent and then we will pay some mortgage even and then we'll uh, be chatting to Nikki Ring. Yes, because we have a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Nikki Rima here from Belotta in Bank Street, South Melbourne. Nikki has just been enjoying the serenity of I the have. green room because... The scientists flee pretty quickly, don't they? Yes, they're not terribly social. No. <laughs> I smiled. Yeah, I know, social skills. Same with the doctors, don't worry. We, they, can, they can be a bit like that too. But we there's, hospitality there's people. There's a lot going on. We hospitality people are very visceral Absolutely. and very... Absolutely. Um, I used to go out with someone who was a designer and I remember uh, <laughs> taking her... I think it was the, the opening of Ballerina and she was going, what's with all this hugging stuff that you guys do? <laughs> oh, you know, she couldn't get us. What do you designers do when you say hi? It's like, oh, we sort of wave to each other. You know? <laughs> anyway, but that's true. We are, we, are, we are people of... I don't know. We I, give. I, we give yeah. constantly, which I love. That's the whole thing about, about cooking. And it's Absolutely. actually, especially in restaurants, is one of the joys mm. when you can look out and you know mm. when a crowd is content. You, yes. can, you can feel it. You can absolutely. There are those perfect services where, yes. you know, you're, you're cooking is on par, so to speak. At least yeah. you think it is in your own mind. Yeah, you know, and, this is good. And your team is with you. Haven't and, screwed anything up. No yeah. pans have had to go <laughs> full to the... Oh, just push that one to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I've just burnt that. No. So, so it's all going well. It's all going well. And, and you look up. Yes. Because oftentimes as chefs we tend to look down. So you're prairie dogging. Yes, that's it. The prairie dogging or meerkat. Or meerkat. Yes. <laughs> I'm a good meerkat. Yeah, meerkat. And, uh, and yeah, you see yeah. those happy faces, you yes. know. You see the people practically licking a plate. I saw a gentleman do that the other night and I was just like, he's about to pick the plate up and lick it. Yes. Yes, he is. He is. He's going Please for the lick. do lick. it, do it. But he, you know, he, he was out of caught bread. himself. He caught himself. Oh, did he? I think he was just, he was so lovely. Maybe that, maybe was there was a look dish. from his partner that he was with, I think, whoever yes. that partner was. Yes, there was a look. That said, Graham, you're not <laughs> Graham. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why I called him Graham. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't if, catch his name. <laughs> if he was a Barry, he would have gone. Sorry, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> totally. Yes. 
Um, so here we are. Uh, oh, first of all, uh, for those that have never heard um, you, which mm, you've missed out, but it's good that you're here now, mm-hmm. tell us about the place uh, where you are very quickly and where yeah. you cook and what you cook. Look, I guess I'm in that sunny spot. I love South Melbourne. Mm. It used to be, for me, a long time ago, it used to be like, oh, gosh, what is South Melbourne? I don't understand. South Melbourne I know the market, like and that's it. North but- Melbourne and the fact that it, it had that weird, Clarendon Street had this really weird vibe about it. It was like the, the, the inner yeah. suburb that time forgot. <laughs> A little bit. You know, bit. with the verandas and he's almost expecting to see a... Shaded by the city and you're like, what is that? Yeah. But but there's such a good vibe there now. We've got such great little places and I've managed to find home in one of them. You've got a great home. I love it. Three years now I've been cooking there and I've Next really... to the Prince Wine Store. Yeah, next and to... one of the great oof. things that you have been able to do is really concentrate on the marriage of flavours between food and wine. Absolutely. That is probably this is becoming your master power. Oh my gosh! I like superpowers. I, it's right? one of those things that I think all chefs need to embrace. Mm. You know, it, it is about the cooking, but it's also about food going with wine. Because let's face it, that's the best night out. You know. Can I be heretical here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you considered food and beer? I do. I hey, I'm very partial to food and beer as mm. well, and certainly it's. I think it's growing more and more again. You know how we went Be- through because yeah. the palette of flavors and aromas and mouthfeels and textures yes. has grown exponentially thanks Absolutely. to craft brewing. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's another challenge, you know, because wine can in some ways be quite straightforward. Yep. I mean, there's a lot going on, but at least you know there's certain palate levels and there's strengths and weaknesses. Mm. You know, seafood with, uh, you know, for example, like I might say at the moment I'm doing a lot of pippies and I might. Say I really love tomato and garlic and basil with that, and actually that goes really well with Sicilian wine. So you know that's very simple in my head. Yeah. But then along comes Yum. the beer that now has these lovely nuances. You know, there's some lightness, there's some weight. So you've got to there's sort of sours. Absolutely, there's you know, sour so beer, which matching is that all great. in. Yeah. And again, seafood goes with that too. You know, mm. like summer cooking. Oh my gosh, it's what sort of seafood you've been doing? So you said you've been doing a lot of pippies. A lot of pippies at the moment. What, I just can't what, stop where, do you, where do you get your pippies, and what should you look for in a pippy? Well, at the moment, I've fallen in love with a South Australian, the Goola pippies. The who? Yes. The Goola. The Goola. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a tribe. Like, <laughs> well, I, 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 the Goola. We are the Goola. It pippies. is good. G double O L. W A. Oh yes, yes, I've heard. Yes, um, and that's actually an Aboriginal word that means elbow, and I think it's because of where the land is. The so shape. like a peninsula, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah okay. near where I think it's where the Murray River, the mouth hits somewhere down in South Australia. Gotcha. Forgive me, I don't. I'm not good with geography there. We need to get the the PR thing and fly you down there. And Absolutely, you need, you if need you're need listening, a, you need some time away. If you're listening, <laughs> I'm there in a flash to Nikki, eat more Nikki needs to be going there. She'll. But, Help with lunch. But this – exactly. This yeah. – I saw someone else – this is the power of Instagram. Well, I get them th- – I'm lucky enough to get them through my fishmonger who supplies us directly. Yes. But you can get them at the market stalls, like yes. certainly South Melbourne Market and any others that, you know, sell those kind of things. Oftentimes they come in little cryback bags. Yes, which is good. Which is great because they're washed – no sand. Like, mm. I literally ripped open a bag and started cooking just to test them. And I'm like, no, there really is no this sand. This is easy, man. And literally all I did They don't have to be purged. No. Yes. And I used to hate the purging too because you just felt like, there goes all the ocean. You know, and yeah, there goes all, all the, the flavour. Victorian tap water. But, you know, so 
Literally, and open they're a bag. slowly expiring while they're I purging know. too. It's well, like they're like we're sorry. done eating eat all the yes. So yeah. lots of garlic, lots of fresh tomato, lots of basil. Parsley. Oh, ba- basil. Basil, yeah, at the moment, and just these pippies and the tiniest splash of chicken stock. No wine in this situation because I really want it to be all about the pippy. And so like, no, none of that level of acid on no, there. No, they don't need so them. The, so where's the acid? Acid's from the tomato. No, I was going to say the Sicilian wine. Oh, on the side, absolutely. Yeah, acid on the side. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, been selling them like hotcakes. Yeah, That's right. crazy. And, and I'm and so the, quick to cook. The thing is they're very easy to cook. Absolutely. The one thing, though, to watch out for is that um, if you leave, don't never leave mm. them out. Yes. Never let them get too warm because... Oh, they you, well, you, they start you, to die. As you well, said. and your stomach might start yeah. to do all <laughs> sorts of weird to, things. Yes, eat I, them I fast. know this from very bitter experience. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, well, you know, we we learn from that. So um, that's around. That's available. And Is red it? mullet at the moment. I have to say, oh my Ooh. gosh, we got some astoundingly what, gorgeous red mullet. What's here. good about red mullet? They're just the perfect little fish you know they're yes. that right size they've got that gorgeous sweet flavor i always think of red mullet in a bouillabaisse oh sensational yeah they have to have a little bit of i've red been mullet. wrapping them in vine leaves and baking them whole that gives them that little bit of salt like you barely need to season the fish at all yes. wrap them up in the vine leaf eight minutes in an oven nice and hot like 200 degrees mm-hmm. pop them out quinoa salad pickled what? cauliflower mm-hmm. what else i put in there chopped pistachios cumin salt Lemon, extra virgin olive oil, bang. And that is done in like 10 minutes. Are you hungry? Is this working? It's working on me. It's like, okay, we need to go to a music track and we need to go and get some lunch. Yep, well, Um, it might be long. That sounds really good. Now, what if you don't happen to have any vine leaves? Is that a deal breaker? Look, put them in straight. Don't even wrap them. You know, just pop your little fish into the oven. You don't need to wrap them, but I just Mm. love that. I find a vine leaf, they're pretty easy to get. Like Melbourne, we are surrounded with the best continental supermarkets in the country you know whether you are at a market or whether you are down on sydney road or somewhere you know you can always get vine leaves in a jar everyone Mm -hmm. loves to make a dolmati so that's how easy they are to get yes and i find even if you don't want to do that just literally pop them on a little piece of baking paper and the extra virgin olive oil or even sit them in between really thin slices of lemon Mm -hmm. like lemon underneath the fish lemon on top there you go nice and hot that's easy you're gonna get that gorgeous caramelizy lemony thing everyone's got a lemon hanging around the kitchen yes or your neighbor's house you know tree yeah, hopefully you have a branch that's just sort of just, having yeah, a little bit there, a little lemon for me, which is good. What do you reckon, Matt? That sounds kind of good. Oh, yes. bay leaves mm-hmm. even. Look, I'm popping things into well, my head Well, the bay leaves can go inside the cavity, yeah? Yep, yep. yep. Or even like um, up and again, on mm. top and underneath, you know. Mm. So if you don't – you'll get the flavour but not too intrusive. Sometimes when we put bay leaves inside things – it can really permeate through the flesh, which is great. But if you don't want it all the way through, maybe just underneath and on top. That is the thing about bay, isn't it? Because it's very a resinous sort of mm. um, a flavour that can can take over. And there's a lot of times when I've got a bay tree in the um, front oh, yard, lucky, yeah. so a lot of times I'll just get a fresh one, which comes Absolutely. out they're the best a lot faster. But you have to take the bay leaf out. It's like yes. whoa, easy fella, you've had a bit too much. It's sort of like <laughs> throwing someone out of the pub, you know. It's like you've had too much, mate. That's it. Off out you, go. you go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> That's it. You've done your job. Thanks very, very much. <laughs> Thanks for your flavour. Thanks okay. for your flavour. Now, um, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
pastor that <laughs> ma- makes me weep. I only had it a couple. I, I, I need. I wanted to come in the other day, but you weren't there, and I went. Well, oh, don't be like that. <laughs> no, no, but the, the, my, my, the, the positive to take mm. out of it is, some people can cook pasta that is just extraordinary, um, and it transcends, you know, just you know, noodles and stuff like mm. that. But Kent, uh, God love him, was asking. What was he asking? Nests. Yeah, he said, "Well, how do you?" Because he's a very specific person, our friend Kent. So he's like, "PhD, so you know, what's like a server pasta? What is it?" Yes, define per server pasta. You know, he does it. He came for a long, many weeks. It was defined soup, which we, (laughs) which went for a long time. Where's the bowls of cornflakes? And why is that not soup? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, just (laughs) can't have a crustily, mate. And let's just let's just be okay. But um, one thing he wanted, uh, he was saying that you know, when you get you pre. Um, organize your pasta, right? A lot of, yes, there's a lot of sort of schools of thought of that, depending on the pasta. Whether it's fresh or dry. Exactly. Yep. I'm a big fan of long, like, a, for example, spaghettini or linguinis or anything like that cooked to order. The thinny noodles. Yes. yes. So that's definitely where you've always, in a kitchen, spe- specifically in a mm. commercial kitchen, you've got water rolling pot. And Whether the great thing about a restaurant is that you start to get all that starch released into the water. Absolutely, so if you want that yeah. little bit of extra... You just little ladle out of that into the pan. Thank you. So, And I find it incredibly important to say to chefs, you know, always cook those passes to order. You've got the time. They take six to eight minutes depending on their thickness. So it should never be pre-cooked. Mm-hmm. For that situation, yep. sure, maybe with short ones like uh, whether it be something like a casariki or um, a capunti or all of these kind of unusual little shorter, yes. twistier passes, I'll often par cook them maybe for four minutes so that then I can just finish them back in my pasta water mm-hmm. to add to my sauces. Mm-hmm. But it's very much about the balance of timing with making sure my sauce in my pan yeah. is just about ready yeah. to have the pasta added to it. Never do it too soon. It has to be all at the last minute and yes. that's why people will enjoy it more because often when you're cooking at home you have to cook it and then have it on the table for a long time mm. but my aim as the chef is to make sure that all of those flavors are fast and instantaneous for you so that when you're eating it you're getting the freshest part of all that sauce and those waiters better be quick getting it to the table <laughs> or there's going to be trouble there's a few like service service please you know, right. no calmly but forcefully. yes um, the other thing that you'll see on really, really lovely pastas is you get this beautiful gloss. And that's all about whether that is a butter or an extra virgin olive oil. Yes. I'm a bit of a both, particularly when I'm finishing ragouts, whether it be something like rabbit or lamb shoulders or things like that. I love to add butter when I'm just finishing my sauce. Montade de beurre. Si. And then toss it all through really quickly, little slurp, generous slurp of extra virgin olive oil, and you just – it doesn't get right into everything. It just coats it all beautifully. And it makes it look just amazing. And, uh, in fact, when we talk about this is you mount with butter, that's the the translation of that. It must be whole butter because as soon as you melt that butter – And cold. And cold because it it. it won't emulsify. Mm. Yeah. Nothing worse than – Warm, tepid butter going into a sauce. In this situation, it just sort of doesn't work. It has to be icy cold into a hot sauce. Into a really hot thing so it gives itself up. Yeah. Um, Have you got a a favourite pasta of the moment? Oh, gosh. Favourite child, I know. I know. It's really, really hard. Look, I guess I've fallen back in love again with a simple spaghetti. Like, you know, at the moment I'm, we're doing sardines. We're getting gorgeous Port Lincoln sardines in. Yes. Pan frying with a bit of garlic and chilli. 
adding our pine nuts and currants and a little bit of sugo mm. and then with the spaghetti. And it's just – it's that classic Sicilian-style flavour and the spaghetti noodle is just the best, you know. And I forget sometimes and when I start to eat them, I go, oh, that's, that's, why, that's why I love you. It's a dry, and it's a dry pasta. Yeah, it doesn't that, – Because that, that – in the scheme of things in, in Melbourne's history, that's sort of kind of not really new, new, but it's, you know, just a, a couple of decades old since that True. really hit. Very much so. Because Skippy Pasta was all about overcooked pasta oh, with, bol- you know, something way that came too out much bolognese. Yes. <laughs> yes. We won't even talk about those years. Yes. But, you know, now we appreciate how to cook pasta properly and how to use it in a good sauce. Mm. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Just make it nice and fresh. You know, sometimes the best thing is just fresh tomato in a little bit of garlic in a pan until it breaks up. Throw the spaghetti in. Bang. Well, there it is, folks. Um, so, pippies. We've got mullet. Mm. Um, we've got uh, vine leaves if you can find them. But don't worry because don't you worry. Just, just freestyle it. And as we were saying before we went to air, it's all about having really the best ingredients you absolutely. can get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And buy it on the day, cook it on the day. That's my favourite thing to do. Nikki, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Look forward to seeing you again real soon. Absolutely. Um, Have a great Sunday. I will. We'll be back after this with Market Report. Okay, we hit the go button for 2020. Yes, Happy New Year, everyone. How are you doing? Here we go. I haven't done this for a while. Better check the levels just so we don't blow you out of the water. Don't want that. John, how are you doing? I'm doing a little bit better than earlier in the week, but we're very, very happy to be here because, again, it's an exciting time of the year. We've got all all the beautiful Victorian projects coming on, but we have to deal with all the problems. And look at you, turning around and facing them right from the beginning. Always like that about you, John. Um, Yeah, hell hell of a summer, wasn't it? Isn't it? And still is, yes, because yeah. I think we've got more to come because traditionally uh, February we always get four or five days of scorches. Mm. We've had our fair share, mind you. We have indeed. We've had maybe one, but um, what we've seen is, um, well, a lot, of, a, a lot of vegetables and places impacted on it. Um, I asked you about a week ago that, mate, can you keep your ear to the ground and maybe let me know and... Also, the listeners, of course, uh, what this is going to mean for prices and supply, most importantly. Eh? Yeah, I was just nipping to get some um, <laughs> ugly-looking romas, which are really, really beautiful, actually. Yeah. Maybe Be- we'll start beauty, with them. Beauty is only skin deep. That's what you, they you're say. You're not wrong. It? Yes. Well, since since you're in Tomato City in H Shed in Victoria Market, that's where we are. Since yes. we'll, we'll plug that as well. Yep. We'll talk about tomatoes first. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Now, I've had a lot of people leaving this morning coming along and saying, John, do you have some romas for cooking? Mm. And I said, yes, I had some romas for cooking, but I sold them yesterday. Mm. But things are rather tragic. Now, uh, we've got these beautiful romas. They're a very big roma, much bigger than an egg. Um, We call these king romas. I don't know their proper name, but that's what we call them because they're king size. They're beautiful. They're fleshy. They're red. Now, normally by this time of year, they're beautiful and clean skin, no work at all. You chuck them in the pot, uh, skin and all if you want, or you throw the boiling water on and peel them, or you buy a big box and you make passata or chutney, very little work. But this year, the poor buggers have been battered by the wind. Even though these are hand harvested, a lot of them are ugly, 
Um, some of them have got their butts burned. Some of them have got uh, cracks and that in the skin. Yeah. But the tomato inside is beautiful. So that's what's been having uh, happening. Yeah. They've had up to 50 degrees out in the field, so you can imagine what it's like. 50 degrees? Up to 50 degrees in the field. This is up in Echuca. Wow. Then they copped the red sandstorm. They copped the other dust storm from the other side. Yes. Um, they had hot days, cool days. Uh, probably a sprinkling of water in between. Yeah, why would a tomato even get out of bed? Oh, exactly. Um, we, we see a lot of the sh tomatoes uh, heart-shaped rather than round or really e elongated. And Joseph said that he was watching a video of one of the boys in South Australia. He's saying because of the wind, the plants are shaking so much they don't know how to grow, so they're growing long instead of round. Wow, really? Um, but not many. You get maybe one in a hundred. So the tomatoes have been discombobulated by the by this wind. <laughs> wow. Good word. I like that. Well, yeah, thanks. I've heard it before. It's not new. Yeah, it All works. right. <laughs> but we're, we are always lucky, lucky, because we've got these beautiful, round, crisp, juicy, strong flavour tomatoes from Murray Bridge. South Australia. Yes, yep. South Australia. Yeah. And then we've started... Oh, hang it up. So, yeah, but at Murray Bridge... What's the thing about a Murray Bridge? Murray Bridge is about good levels of acid. It's a good salad tomato. Yes. The skin's... Um, a little bit harder. It's a modern tomato. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, it's always reliable. Um, it is grown in a glass house or plastic igloo, mm -hmm. but it's controlled. Yep. Um, now, we started with our local Doncaster. Now, I'll show you the ugliest one. Now, th this is smaller than an egg. It's round. It's a bit bigger than a quail egg. But look at it, it's got green hues, orange, it's, pink, it's got very and limited, sunburnt. Limited pigment. Lim is, yeah. And then this has sort of gone to, oh, that's not just unripe fruit. <coughs> that's, been, that's been sunburnt. I'll show you the colour of the seeds. Okay, so uh, what's Cameron. the colour there? It's, um, it's sort of green and you'd think it's sort of unripe. Yeah, it, it's iridescent. The skins are green, um, uh. seeds are green, flesh is a little bit red, it's very mealy. What colour so, should the seeds be normally? <coughs> White. Excuse me, greenish, but not like this. Oh, okay. um, they do do go red, but then we've got um, again. I'll show you the uh, ugly ones, and you can describe that. It's misshapen in it. Yeah, and it's got like a, it looks like a little bit of a scar, like it's uh, yes, like, like a big scar across the top. Yeah, that we call a second, and we sell them as seconds, sell them cheaper. Yeah. Flavors the same, but they're not pretty. That's why the science is bad shape, good flavor. Mm. And then we've got the pretty ones here. Uh, which we sell a little bit dearer because, um, you know, they're classified as a first grade, so we pay a little bit more for them. And here's the question then, John, how are the prices holding? Well, the prices... Um, oh, have they gone up? They have gone up a little bit. Uh, normally by this time we're throwing tomatoes out at about $3 on average. Yeah. Um, we're selling anything from $3 to, to $5.50. Uh, heirlooms, um, we've been selling cherry tomatoes, cherry truss tomatoes, uh, Roma truss tomatoes, uh, black Russian, Cherokee blacks, pinks and that, all 15 bucks a kilo. It's a lot of money, but the tomatoes are spectacular. Mm. The reason it's so dear is because it's so delicate. Yep. They don't crop as well, um, and they tend to split on the skin and bruise easy, so you have to pay a little bit more. But people are quite happy because they know when they make a salad, they can remember it for the rest of the day yes. when they've eaten a salad. And it's one of those things, get a few of these things and cherish them. Yeah, definitely. But uh, we'll see, hopefully, 
things will settle down a little bit and we'll have plenty of sauce romas coming along. We sold a 16 kilo box for $32 yesterday. That is a lot of money. We've never sold them so down. Hopefully we'll get a, a good supply coming on. Maybe the second or third crop will be a lot better and they'll come down in price. Yeah. We'll take it every day as it comes. All right. Well, so, uh, while you're on that, John, but let's let's just extrapolate and just look out the windows in in a way. Um, what other things will be affected, and and what do we see short term and long term? Uh, short term, uh, a lot of ups and downs. Like I got a box of beans Thursday. Um, even on the top layer, they were ugly. Yeah. You know, our beans are always very good. You can buy a little handful, put them in a crisper, and, and 10 days, 12 days later, they're still as good as the day you put them there. Yep. But these, if you didn't eat them within two days, they were like a machine pick, but they were hand harvested. Um, I texted my agent straight away, and he said, sorry, John, the rain's affected everything. Uh, they got smoked as well. The next day, the beans were better. Maybe they went to a new patch, um, and the beans were a little bit younger and a little bit better. Um, peas are the same. And it's still raining up north yeah, in, in, and, the, in the and, south coast. And, that, and even down to Sydney. Sydney's getting done as well. Yeah. Um, the poor boys can't play the cricket. They're all crying. <laughs> but that's that's a minor problem compared yes. to our food bowls. Yes. Um, yeah, so short term. And that's short term. Uh, anything more short term? Um, salad type things? Yeah, salad things. Like, you know, I had um, beautiful uh, spinach that I had delivered yesterday. And this morning, even though it was cold, it went mush. Really? So, you know, there's been fogs and dews and things like that that have affected things as well. Mm. But um, we're still very, very lucky. I think it's a day-to-day basis. So Mm. what I can say to people is have a look at what you're buying, look at the prices, look at the texture, look at the quality. One other thing. Um, I know this isn't a range that you sell because this is Tomato City in a shed in the Queen Victoria market. Um, but apples, um, we've got an area in New South Wales, Harcourt. Uh, Harcourt in New South Wales, came out. Victoria. No. Yeah, dickhead. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I'm going as soon as I'm saying I I'm think. Wrong. I'm pretty anyway, sure. There is... There's an area they're looking it's going to be about eight years before they get apples back. And Harcourt, Serious? That's a, tragic, A mate. lot of Harcourt um, uh, supplies about 10% of our apples. Harcourt apples have always had a very, very good name. Yeah. Um, before they used to grow all the really old varieties, and I think now they grow everything. And mm. it's tragic to hear things like that. Yeah. Um, because everyone might complain, but everyone has an apple every now and then. Yeah. So, yeah, we need apples and we need pears. Unfortunately, what I've seen lately creeping in is a lot of uh, nashi pears and and Chinese pears coming into the market from Asia. Uh, I'm not prejudiced, but we've got our own produce, so we can always grow and procure it ourselves. Yes, keep your mind on a job, buddy. Yes. Um, I'll dob you in. All right, so we've got... uh, It's pickling time. Now, now, uh, to complement our tomatoes we have these so-called pickled gherkins but when when they're fresh they're beautiful to eat Mm. Um, they're like a beautiful tight cucumber yeah crunchy less moisture when they get a little bit older they're a little bit bitter so then you pickle them yes Um, you know you you can do so many different ways you can pickle them um, um, the Jewish way the Italian way uh, many ways you know some use um, 
um, bread to make them start fermenting. Yes. Some use vinegar. Yes. Um, Look I, it up on the Googs. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to eat them raw first because, like you said, they're crunchy. Yeah. And then we move on to the pickling. Mm. Um, I actually did a different variety, the, um, the uh, what we call a cumarello. It's the Italian-style cucumber uh, with all the ridges, and I pickled oh, okay. that. Yes, yes. So I'm going to so have... So they're a, done? Yeah, nearly, because it's a short season for all of these cucumbers. Oh, no, I meant your pickles are done. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and, um, uh, and that's the, the thing, folks. If you're thinking of getting some pickles... Um, you better get out here soon. Get your jars organised uh, would be my thing. And your sauce jars. Yeah, and go and get some vinegar because you're going to yeah. need vinegar and you need salt and depending on how, you know. Yeah, you can yeah. even do it with a little bit of bread on top and then mm. you turn a jar upside down, sit it in the sun. Mm-hmm. That's how they do it and, and it heats up the jar and the fermentation process starts. There are so many ways and they're all lovely. And that's, uh, that's good for the, uh, the... Good for the gut. Good for the gut. How do you Natural say that in Italian? Uh, look at Sunday, uh, mate. Alimentare. That alimentare, okay. yeah, mate. I'm Sunday, teaching you mate. Italian. This is uh, awesome. Yeah, well, you know, like I keep saying, a lot of my friends... I'm reminding s- you. Some of our Aussie customers cook and eat and, and speak Italian better than us sometimes. How's their pronunciation, though? Oh, some is exceptional, you know. Mm. Some... If you've got a passion, you learn anything. Yep. Even cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move to pick of the market. You're going to show off these pick um, of the market. bull horns. I've got an abundance of capsicums this week. We've got these beautiful big red capsicums come from South Australia. Yes. We've got some smaller ones which are lovely to stuff. And then we, we're lucky um, they've brought seeds from overseas and we've got these bullhorn. They're a long, thicker texture capsicum. And they're um, almost like an iridescent orange. We've got an iridescent orange, an iridescent yellow. Yeah. Normally we only have yellow, uh, sorry, green and red. But now we've got four colours and it's beautiful. And these are very, very crunchy, thick flesh, very sweet, very little acid in them, which is better because a lot of people, like me especially, mm. um, they repeat on you. Now these are beautiful to eat raw and they're beautiful to stuff and bake or, or fry. And they're beautiful to throw on a grill. A lot of people go crazy because they're nice and straight. You throw them on the grill, you blacken them, you pull the skin off, a little bit of olive oil and a drop of vinegar, parsley and garlic, and away you go. And they're good for your skin because they've got heaps of vitamin C. Oh, a lot of oranges. More than oranges. More than oranges, and actually the orange and the yellow ones have even more than the red ones, which have more than the green ones. Yeah, and I don't eat green ones because they're very acidy for me. So since we were talking about oranges and fruit, um, I've written on the sign heirloom grapes because they are old, unaltered grapes. Are these from the same people you've been getting it for years? Yes, they are. Because they look I've been seeing these for... Oh, decades now. Well, and it just describe the little sultanas. Okay, so we've got these little sultanas. Um, they're um, about the, a bit, about, uh, a bit bigger than a pea. A bit bigger than a pea. Um, and they've got this russet hue to it. And that's this sort of golden... Sunburn. It, it's green. Um, this lovely cool green. But then there's also these little flecks of sunburn, as you say, these gold. And as you would say, I'm going to take a, a thing out of your, uh, your book... They're like little bags of sugar because they are, they are so sweet and so beautiful. And, and these, um, I wish I could find the slave to feed me like the Egyptians. You just give them a quick rinse mm. and just suck them off the stem. Yes. And they are really baubles and bags of sugar. Yep. And then we have the old style muscatel. Now, these little sultanas are seedless. Mm-hmm. Great for the kids if they're really fussy. Yep. Uh, actually, these make a beautiful jam as well. 
nice. They do. I like it. Because uh, it comes up thick and gooey yes. and you spread it on your toast in the morning. Well, there's one for you out there, folks. You ever make grape jam? Could be the time to do it. Yeah, look it up. And you can do it in a microwave too. I don't like to say that, but you can. Yeah. I've even done it in a cup. You know, just... Oh, yes, you have to. Yes. Um, now, these beautiful big black muscatels. When you eat one of these, it lingers in the mouth. It's like drinking a musket wine. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very intense. They have a seed. You should eat the seed. The seed's good for you because it's got a, um, the oil in it is anti-cancerous. Yes. Uh, a lot of people don't like the seed, but if you concentrate on the flavour, you don't know the seeds there. Yep. Uh, they make an excellent juice in the morning too as well, and they make an excellent wine, the musket grapes. And you can also, as we've said for uh, about five years now, so it's fairly recent, <laughs> um, you put it in a roast with like a roast chicken, some, some grapes in there can be awesome. Oh, definitely. It makes the stuffing, it changes the colour, yeah. t- changes the um, aroma as well, and the flavour's good. Uh, we've still got the modern grapes as well. We've got um, a new little black one called Sunshine. Yep. Um, we've got um, Menindies and so on. So get out there and have a look. One more thing I should also say, get your cherries because they're not going to last forever and I think uh, they, they look, they're some magnificent Definitely. looking cherries. There, there's some huge ones out there mm. from Tasmania. So, yeah, get in. We had a good run with Victorian ones. We had a very, very big feed. We even stewed some up and had them with ice cream. Yep. So there's an abundance of other fruit as well, a lot of new fruits. There's Mangoes uh, are changing. There's some big R2E2s, not my favourite. Not my favourite. There's some... Um, Golden, what are they called? The uh, ones Robbie's got. Oh, there's, they're bright, there's, there's bright yellowy orange. Calypso. No, 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 um, no, no. They're not real mangoes. Anyway, <laughs> get out there. They come even from Mildura. <laughs> a mango? Yeah, look, uh, when they're full of acid, they're not KP's rule. Yeah. And well, then there's another two or three to come close. Mm. But the rest That's we can forget. Kensington about. Pride, just yeah, in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. you know, you've got apples and pears and. You've got your Asian pears, like I said. Um, you know, you know what really got affected early? Those big green things there. Can you see there? Pears, back and no, pears. No, 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 no. Uh, papaya. No, no, what do you spread on your toast? Avocado. Oh, avocado. They've been selling four bucks each. Normally they throw them at you for free at this time of the year. Ooh. Yeah, okay. so they got affected early. All right. Um, well, so there's been ramifications, and they're going to roll through. And there will um, be, too. You keep your ear to the ground. I'll keep my ear to the ground. i got to race back to the studio and uh, go see Matt and throw this to him. Good stuff. Good to see you, though. It is good to be here. Thank you. Bye. All right, have a lovely day, guys. Bye. Thank, thank you, John. Triple R, always bringing you good things for your head, your ears, and... And your stomach. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. And uh, to help us do that and to maybe uh, paint us a picture of the area that is in, we've got Chris Moore from Sailor's Grave. A very, very good afternoon to you, Chris. Hello. Hi, Cam. How are you? I'm good. Where are you? I am at the brewery, actually, in Orbost. Gee, you got, must have good phone towers there that, uh, that are doing good things because you sound crystal clear. You could be in the studio. Yes, much better than on the farm. It's a bit crackly there. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, first of all, how are things? They are okay. It's been a pretty long few weeks down here, I've got to say, both in Orbos yeah. and down where we are, sort of between Marlow and Cape Conran. Yes. Lots and lots of fires, as everybody knows, yes. Yeah, you, you nearly got evacuated a few, like more than, more than one occasion, yeah? 
Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? The fire, there was a massive crisis around the fire a few weeks ago, but they haven't gone away. They just keep burning. It's really kind of annoying. Orbos came very close a couple of times, and it's still burning a couple of k's away from the farm at the moment, actually. Um, oh, trying really? to rain, which is a good thing, though, so hopefully it really buckets down. Well, it's funny. You know, the, the south coast of New South Wales and Sydney is getting absolutely pounded with rain, and it's funny that we've gone from... Um, you know, from everything's on fire to uh, where are my gumboots and and does anybody have a tinny? And we're not talking about the beer kind. That's right. To get around Yeah, it. no, it's crazy, crazy times. Yeah, so is there um, a forecast? Is there rain sort of uh, forecast your way? Well, what's the there's, story? There's supposed to be, so that would be oh, really good. awesome. Everybody, the kind of conventional wisdom is we need 100 mil to put it out because annoyingly yep. the rain little bits of rain, don't put the fire out. They just make it harder for the um, for guys the fire to trucks back, to get around. Backburns. Yeah, yeah, and to do little backburns to protect the spot. So we need a big rain. So yeah, well, the, the good news up in um, the south coast of New South Wales, there's, um, there's fires now that they're saying are uh, out. out. And, yes, <laughs> I heard that and what, a, what a beautiful sentence that was when I heard it. I went, <laughs> wow, because it's been months it has been months, and look, you know, it's been very psychologically draining, I guess. Oh, yeah, We've been so lucky, and there's been so many people around us, so many towns around us that have been really devastated. Mm. Um, so we just have to be thankful that so far, so good for us. I mean, you know, the error is in low morale and sort of a lot of economic impacts, which yes. is the, the, the slow burn, excuse the pun, that is really takes it takes its toll on the area but at the same time there's a real kind of sense of galvanizing of community spirit which is beautiful hmm. to see it's uh, it brings calamity brings people closer together yeah it really does i mean when you live out in an area like this it's it's not a a simple kind of climate of opinion and will <laughs> and <Yes. laughs> i mean there's a lot of diverse both political and cultural opinions out yes. here and it's great when something as bad as this happens that you see people rallying around common purpose and common aspirations despite their differences. That's a, you know, a really good outcome of this kind of calamity, I guess. Who knows? Maybe they'll even put, uh, put your beer in the Orbos pub. It is in the Orbos pub. Yes. Oh, we got it in. There we go. Wow. Yes. Well, I, 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 I'm even getting the feeling Gippsland is behind Sailor's Graves. <laughs> I get that feeling. Who knows? You'll be a local before you know it. Yeah, I'll well, don't, don't speak too soon, but yeah. Yeah, you know, but, but these things, um, you know, bring you closer. Now, I did hear that you you lost a hop crop that you'd had growing? No, we was didn't right? have a hop crop growing. That was some guys we know, Ryefield Hops. Ryefield, um, Ryefield Hops. So they're a, they're a really small family-run operation in not too far from us, but they're in New South Wales. Mm. And, yeah, the fires came unbelievably close to them, and, but it was more, I guess, the combination of fire and drought which really hit those guys. So that was really sad. And, yeah, you know, everybody's feeling it in one way or another. Yeah, my God. A hop's a... It's it's a crazy thing to to get a hop crop. Like you know, you um you think of the trellising that you need for say a vineyard. Like we can all imagine that we've all driven past vineyards and stuff like that. But yeah. to grow hops, it's sort of like trellises on steroids, isn't it? That's right. It's really really a lot of effort to get a hop crop growing, and even to harvest the crop. We went up there and did. Um, you almost have to be a tightrope walker or a trapeze wire act to get those things down. 
Yeah, that's right. Because how right. high did they grow, Chris? Oh, it varies. There are different crops. There are kind of dwarf um, varieties, but a lot of them are ooh, about six metres high, I think. From um, Yeah, about six metres high. Six metres? Uh, that's really yeah. high. Yeah, okay. Mm. And, yeah. Um, okay, so um, there you go. You've, uh, you've been in the thick of it. There's been obviously um, a lot of tears around mm, um, yeah, from, yeah. And, and a lot of probably just uh, the, probably the best way to actually say that is just raw emotion from yep. this this terrible time but it's it has yep. brought people to together and yeah. uh, one of the things that I thought would be kind of useful to have a chat about um, is that whole notion of um, don't desert these regions it, it, if, mm. if anything the regions need you more than ever and the yeah. focus needs to be um, placed on not just this short term when um, the concern of everybody sort of moves on to whatever issue is sort of coming on, but to keep it mm. going. And there's yep. a couple of events that are taking place. Well, the first one is uh, the Orbost Show. Yes, the greatest show in Orbost, we're yes. calling it. The Orbost Show, the greatest show in Orbost, coming up in uh, on March the 9th, actually. And I mean, this is the Orbost Agricultural Show that's been running every year, but it's really being fleshed out this year. We've got uh, Matthew Evans coming down. We've got Shane from Wapunga Oysters will be there shucking oysters. Um, Renee from Little Latin Lucy will be there also doing oh, she's, some Mexican she's corn. She's awesome. Renee Trudeau. Yes. Yes, yes. she's a legend. Yes, yeah, she's, she's, a legend. she's good fun. Yep. And a lot of focus on the growing in the region and, how, and you know, the, getting back to the roots of the agricultural show and... I think people forget that um, in this kind of era where provenance is such a focus that mm. um, a good agricultural show really highlights that. It highlights what's being grown and by whom, by the people, you know, who are growing it. Yep. Um, when, is, when is the show on? It's coming up yeah, March, in March the 9th? March the 9th, yeah, so pretty close. Now, hang about, is, year. Is, is that a Monday? When, what's the is date of March the 9th? Because I was looking no. that up. Let me, let me just go forward, March the 9th. Uh, March the 9th is, is a Monday, but it's a public holiday, so it's a long weekend. Oh, it is too. Eight hours day yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Oh, it's all over. And the Adelaide Cup's on too. I'm just looking at uh, iCal, you know, the calendar that rules us all these days. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide Cup, Orbos Show, it's a toss-up, but if I had to choose, I'd definitely go to the Orbos Show. Yeah, damn right. Um, Now, um, is there accommodation around Orbost? If if people wanted to come down and stay, um, what sort of accommodation is available around there? Oh, there's everything from great Airbnbs, motels, fantastic camping grounds. I mean, one of the things, the ironies of this fire area is, uh, fire season is that the reason the fires have been so bad, one Hmm. of the reasons, apart from the obvious Climate change. Climate change, um, incredible dry and drought, <laughs> and yes. Is that this is an amazing wilderness area. I mean, it is mm. hard to get to get to a lot of these places, but at the same time, this is remote, beautiful country. Um, camping down here is really an option still. Yeah, right, okay. So uh, bring a swag or a tent. Yep. Or yep. Uh, if you're lucky enough to have a nice camper van. That's right. Yep. So, that, so that's, that's possible too. Um, there's going to yep. be a lot to see. And then the other place, which um, has been... Um, heavily which, hit. Malacuta. Yeah, heavily hit. Thank you. Um, is uh, there's going The seafood festival is going to be happening there too, and that's in April. Yes, 
3rd to the 5th of April. It's the Wild Harvest Seafood Festival, second year um, in a very different climate in Mallacoota. They were really hit hard, those guys. I guess everybody saw that on the news. But, well, the whole um, world did, didn't they, yeah. really? I, I mean, <laughs> I know. that was one of the things where the world really went, oh, my God, it's 9 o'clock in the, and, and it's pitch black. And yep. the, the, the family that was taking shelter at the jetty, which, which is an image that is burned in my mind, mm. and also yep. that little kid who was... Um, yep, at the, the little little hand on the outboard and just trying oh, to escape. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's it's shocking. But, I mean, those guys have been so resilient down there and what hasn't changed is the bounty down there. The ocean is still producing some of the purest and cleanest seafood. So, And the Wild Harvest Seafood Festival is really showcasing that. And we're going to be seeing things like uh, urchins and abalone and yep. all sorts Talking of... Cooking demonstrations, yep. Oh, yeah, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh going to have to get down there. And I'm, I'm hoping that I might be able to get down to uh, to Orbos to see you. Because I haven't seen you play, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yep, yep. Please come down, Cam. We would love to look after you. Yeah, I'll look at, uh, uh, right back at you. I, I, I would. So I'll talk to your fabulous wife, uh, Gabrielle, about that in the uh, upcoming days. That'd yep. be great. And in the meantime, um, we should also mention that uh, Sailor's Grave beer is available. When we sing Blackheart and Sparrows. Hey, are you in the Prince yep. Wine store? Because we were just talking to Nicky Remar before. I'm pretty sure we are. Yeah, um, I, was... I know we've definitely sold to them before, so I'm pretty sure we are, yeah. Yep. Yeah, great and, wine store. And, and while I'm doing that, we need to doff my lid to you because uh, I had a, a can of, uh, what was it, the apple and cucumber sour. The Crystal Healing, yes, that's a great <laughs> warm weather beer. Right, I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we love salty beers. We love making salty beers, and that cucumber, salty, sour thing is just so refreshing, unbelievably refreshing. Yeah. Oh, talk about a food beer. So, um, yeah, I think you, you might have to drop into Bellotta and, and meet Nikki because she's expecting to meet you and uh, have a chat great. about flavour profiles in food because... That is Love something to. we've moved on so well. Um, big yep. hug to you, Chris. Keep you on too, keeping on. Um, and all you people out there, it's time to support the regions. Get on down there. And that's not this month, but it'll be next month and the month after that if you can. That's right. Even through to winter, we've got a bunch of stuff going on winter yeah, as well. Winter so. festival too. We didn't even mention that. That's, uh, that's yep. on, up on the boards. All right, mate. We better get out of here because still here is coming on next. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Cam. Good to speak to you. <laughs> there you go. You got slid up again. <laughs> we need Thank you, Matt. Hey, uh, Cam, just briefly, next week, if you've got nothing to do next weekend, the Ballarat Beer Festival is on as well on Saturday. Mm. Uh, 250 craft beers, ciders, plus wine, a bunch of music presented by Triple R. Could be a good day out if you feel like heading out of town next weekend, the Ballarat Beer Festival. And another uh, region to mention, of course, is around Beechworth yes. and Myrtleford and uh, all those sort of... And Bright, of course, because mm. another region that got affected. Mm. So... Get out of town, folks. Thanks for joining us. Still here. Neil Morris up next, yes. Neil Morris. And we'll speak to you next week. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Cam. Bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.